HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is not Bushwick. I'm in Auburn, Alabama. Where's everybody else? What? Uh, Rhode Island. I am in Titusville, New Jersey. Great Barrington, oh. Massachusetts. Crown Heights, Brooklyn. That's our guest of the hour, Eli Sussman, holding it down in Brooklyn. Welcome, Eli. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, so, well, let's let's just dive right into it. What is everyone drinking for happy hour today? Uh, that solid beer crack you just heard was a hop slam from Bell's. It's not local, but man, is it reliable. That beer is good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, nice. I have. I have uh, a martini that I made. It is so (laughs) because uh, I am dealing with limited provisions and I like a very dirty martini and I don't have any olive brine. I put apple cider vinegar in it, which actually (laughs) is very good. Um, So it's a Bombay Sapphire vermouth. Like I like a lot of vermouth and some apple cider vinegar. Shaken with a twist, feeling good about it. Interesting. Guys, cocktail lists are going to be so wacky after everybody gets out and <laughs> gives us our quarantine concoctions on bar menus. It's going to be great. 
Seriously, because like I have a liquor cabinet that's like half stuff that I purchased and half stuff that's been sitting in an old man's house for two years. And I'm like, what do I do with cachaca? Like, why is there so much scotch? We prefer the word uh, aging, not sitting. It's aging <laughs> in an old man's house for two years. In it a is cellar. Aging. In a cellar. Yes. Even if it's um, and all the good stuff was stolen a while ago. So all the Grey Goose left the premises long before I needed it for quarantine, which I'm very, very cross about. I am, however, wearing an old man's clothes. So if anyone needs a visual, I have like a very double XL Ralph Lauren polo shirt on and linen trousers. So I'm feeling great because I did not bring a lot of clothes to quarantine is what I'm realizing. I think you're realizing your truest self. Yeah, probably old Jewish <laughs> gay man. Oh, uh, Dylan, what did you go and find to drink? Well, instead of sipping on my day old water, I've given myself the treat of drinking some Eden Heritage cider. Oh, classy! Mm-hmm. Look at you. Not as classy as a martini, but well, that's a I'm great opportunity it. to plug hardcore our cider podcast. Are you stuck at home with nothing to listen to? Do you wish you knew more about this whole hard cider thing? Guess Do you what? want to listen to something where COVID and coronavirus are mentioned zero times? <laughs> yes. yes. And it's recorded outside with people. In a whole different world, you know? Eli um, Sussman, what are you drinking? Yeah, Eli. I am drinking, I'm also drinking gin. I have a small pour over ice of a Kyoto dry gin from the Kyoto Distillery. It was a gift. It is pretty fancy. I don't really ever drink it because the bottle is really pretty and I have that weird thing where I want the bar cart to look nice. So <laughs> I drink the the cheap stuff first. So this is actually like only the second time I've ever had it. It's delicious. I'm drinking it straight on ice. Now's the time to break out the fancy stuff, oh, I think. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. I'm not going to drink Smirnoff right now. No, thank you. Not going not down. Not going down drinking Smirnoff. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I am drinking, I actually don't know exactly what wine it is, but in true That's HR and happy hour fashion, I am drinking an orange wine. And it is a bottle that I picked up on the way out of town um, when we... We left Brooklyn on Saturday, and my last stop out of the city was uh, Henry's Wine and Spirits to stock up on natural wine to get me through two weeks of quarantining ourselves in Alabama. That's where we are. You can you can let us know if you'd like or don't. But exact how many how many cases of wine did you lay in for two weeks of quarantine? Uh, we actually only got one because. Uh, the car was very full, and there was only room for one, and um, Henry's does ship, so we knew that eventually we'd be able to re-up. Yeah, I've been meaning to check out their range of delivery. Because I think you'll be all right in New Jersey. We'll have time. to We'll have to get creative on the, how we get the rest of our wine, because you cannot ship to Alabama. What is Alabama's finest wine shop? Is that a thing? <laughs> Who's uh, opening an old haunted creek uh, outdoor? Whose who's quarantine <laughs> mansion is haunted? I mean, my, <laughs> mine is, but it is not me. Oh, that's that's Will going in and out of the house. And the Willie. door is very creaky. Ah, uh, yes. Old um, man William. 
So he's here, and that's how you know. This house is haunted by one Will McCartney. Um, the, the best wine shop in Alabama, um, to be honest, there aren't many uh, because most stores here, like most wine and liquor you'd buy are from like ABC stores. The, I think that stands for Alabama Bureau of, no, Alabama Beverage Company or something. And, but there is like one cool little wine shop, funky wine shop in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so I might try to swing by there at some point if and when we get a car. Cool. But right now we're just, you know, living the dream. Hold, hold up in Auburn. Just hanging out on a deserted college campus like we always dreamed. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like spring break lasts forever. No students here. (laughs) Um, Well, anyway, on lighter notes, um, it's springtime. So how is everyone, if, if possible, is anyone like getting outside and doing anything fun while keeping a, you know, six foot distance between you and other people? Um, I thought it was spring and then it snowed where I am. So... Mm, not, not there yet. Snows. Haven't haven't been outside in a couple of days since since the snow. Is that the same for everyone? Is it still cold? Uh, um, it's very cold. I went for a very cold run yesterday. That was all right. Um, it's actually like very warm in New Jersey. Um, I spent like an hour laying in the sun this afternoon, which was nice. the best thing that's happened to me in a couple of days. Um, so I'm a little embarrassed because I think I might be the only person coming back from quarantine with a tan. Well, I think by by the next like couple weeks, few months, I think that more people will be in the same boat as you. Yeah, when we return in August, I'll have a tan. <laughs> Shut up. My <laughs> sister came into quarantine with a tan, and I think it was on her top five list of reasons she's upset to be in quarantine, to be honest. <laughs> she's going to lose her tan. <laughs> no one's going to get to see it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, one other thing I wanted to talk about was, so Eli and Dylan, you two worked on um, a the recent episode of the line Eli's show, um, which was sort of a, a capturing in real time, what was going on in the restaurant industry this week and last week. Um, Eli, do you want to talk uh, a bit about that? Give us like a little behind the scenes of how that all came together. Sure. I felt that when everything started to unravel in New York, when you were hearing that, restaurants were planning on pivoting and or shutting down it just felt so dramatic to me to to be personally going through that with my own restaurant we were trying to make massive decisions and we had felt like we had very little time to do that and hour by hour things were changing so quickly that it was difficult to react to the news as it was unfolding and make smart decisions. And I assumed that other businesses were having these same discussions uh, amongst their chefs and owners and investors and with their lawyers and accountants and bookkeepers. And I wanted to hear what they were saying, similarly to just the normal aspect of the line where I'm trying to hear other people's stories and see how it can impact and 
influence the decisions that I'm making. I also wanted to hear what other people were doing in their respective businesses. So I reached out to a couple past guests, um, friends that were in the industry that have never been on the show, and then a couple folks that I thought uh, would just have a unique story to tell and got some really wonderful responses from many restaurants, owners, and chefs around the country. And then obviously Dylan helped put it all together. And uh, I think it told an important story about what was happening in so many dining rooms and in so many apartments all around the nation at the exact same time, which was general confusion on how to proceed. Yeah. As a restaurant owner who, you know, is going through the exact same thing as the, like you said, the, the people that you're talking to on your show, how, how are things feeling now, um, now that we're kind of fully in this, you know, social distancing, fully shut down, stay at home zone with restaurants? Like, how, do you feel like a little more settled in some ways or just like more anxious than ever? It's a blend. I think it's uh, like everyone who's at home, even people who work from home that are so familiar with what it's like to be uh, waking up and going to sleep in their apartment without leaving. You know, a lot of people do that, especially in big cities. But there's still like this emotional roller coaster of being in quarantine that everyone is trying to figure out how to deal with in their own way. I have never been home for this much time. Uh, ever and i've never been away from the restaurant for more than two days while being in new york city so it feels really strange to just not physically be standing inside of the restaurant right now it was really painful honestly to put down the roll gate and do all those closing procedures and not know ever if it was going to open again and i in some ways feel a little bit more settled because it's out of my control. But then at other times I actually feel more upset and angry about the fact that it's all out of my control. So I guess the, the short answer is it varies depending on when I <laughs> am talking about it. Yeah. I'm sh- and I'm sure like everyone sort of in general with life right now, it like comes in waves of like how, like how your emotions are. Um, Yeah. And I think it's good to like acknowledge that at least for myself and, you know, like friends I'm trying to like keep in touch with from afar is like acknowledging, okay, like not even this was a bad day or a hard day or this was an okay day, but like this was an okay hour. And uh, that's a victory right now. Like I went for a run or like I listened to music and like momentarily forgot what was going on. Like those are the kind of victories that we should be celebrating because like it is it's it's minute by minute yeah i think one of the most challenging aspects of it is that being a small business owner essentially i mean i'm not even really talking about like being a chef that's that's removed from this situation because actually just like owning the business you're faced day to day with a long list of things that need to be solved and a specific amount of people that are usually relying on you to answer questions. And I relished that position. And also it made each day, even the hardest days, it made them pretty exciting because you never really know what's going to happen. And now, even if I wanted to 
field questions and even if there were things that I could that I wanted to solve it really is fully been removed and it's now in the hands of mostly government officials that are planning whatever the legislation might be that will help small businesses so uh, in a way it is like freeing to be removed from that process but it's also I wish that I could have some sort of impact um, that would be consequential on the decisions that are being made. Yeah. So uh, on the thread of like the, the episode that you produced and, you know, you're still gathering more of those voice memos and messages from other chefs. Um, how, how do you see that moving forward? Like your role in sort of being a documentarian, um, um, within your community, the restaurant community, um, for the next like weeks, months, maybe even years. Well, I, when I originally brought up the idea to, to you, uh, it was that these are voices that can really effectively convey what's going on directly to people that at the beginning, I think, just didn't really get the significance of what was happening. Uh, now it seems to be sinking in. You know, you see the unemployment numbers and they're really sinking in. So what I'm hoping over the next couple weeks uh, is that it will be a platform for people to just, maybe it's therapeutic for them to talk about what they're going through. And I hope that listening to other people telling their stories uh, reinforces to small business owners and chefs and people that are in the hospitality industry that you might be feeling incredibly lonely right now and you're trapped inside your apartment, but that there is a community that you are a part of and we are all going through this and processing it together. And the feedback that I have received so far is that people enjoyed very specific segments of the of the last episode, meaning that as a whole, it spoke to some people, but that uh, everyone identified with different folks that were sharing their stories during the, the episode. So that had to do a little bit, I think, with certain people, just how they presented what was going on in their personal life and business, but also just, um, what people pulled away from, from the episode. That's really good to hear because I think that this is obviously such a, uh, like national global thing that we're going through together. So on one hand you think, well, no one should feel alone in this because every, everyone is experiencing it at the same time. But I, it's nice to hear that there were specific, things that each of your guests said um, that resonated differently with people because not every business is the same, not every, you know, restaurant and, and a group of employees is the same. So I'm glad that you were able to do that compilation in that way to really personalize it. And yeah. especially hearing from like different geographic regions, because I think especially in New York, things are very, very extreme. And like, I feel like a lack of awareness of what it's like in smaller cities. Um, and so hearing from like chefs in Detroit and Chicago, like we're all going through this together. Yeah. For sure. And it's also happening, unfortunately, in waves. So while New York may be at the maybe was first and it's we're at the kind of in the thick of it right now there are definitely other cities that are uh going to experience a certain amount maybe not fully what's happening in new york city but definitely to some degree it's going to now trickle down to uh smaller cities and and smaller markets so um 
unfortunately that is the truth that these other cities that haven't been affected by it are are now going to be facing what all of us talking right now have experienced but um they will be able to share their stories and how it impacts their communities regardless of the size so uh i am interested to continue to hear the stories i've reached out to several owners in a lot more cities so i'm hoping to gather some stories from entirely new cities, hopefully for the for the second part, which uh, we're planning on putting together for next week. Awesome, and that's so cool. Um, well, what are there any other things that we should talk about? Make sure that we're covering this week on Happy Hour before we challenge Eli to play our new and improved game. Well, I think we probably have to take a break. Yes. Okay. Break? Break. All right. We'll be right back with more HR and Happy Hour. Restaurants across the country are in need of support as a result of the devastating effects COVID-19 is having on this industry. If we don't help now, some of our favorite community gathering spaces may not be there when this crisis is over. Restaurant Opportunities Center United has compiled a list of local resources supporting the restaurant industry from cities and states across the country. From North Carolina's Triangle Area Restaurant Workers Resources to Nebraska's COVID-19 Response Fund, Minnesota's Immigrant Family Fund, Georgia's Giving Kitchen, and many, many more, we can all find a cause to support. Visit rockunited.org relief. That's rocunited.org slash relief to find a list of national, state, and local resources. All right, welcome back to HR and Happy Hour. We're joined today um, from Crown Heights, Brooklyn by Eli Sussman, who is the host of The Line on HRN, as well as um, the chef owner of Sunisa in Williamsburg. And we've just been talking about how the work that Eli's been doing um, on covering um, from many different facets, sort of what is going on with the restaurant industry right now due to, um, you know, massive closures and and scale backs in restaurants due to COVID-19. And one thing we definitely wanted to make sure that we talked about were some of the relief efforts going on around the country. There are a lot of you know, local relief efforts that are happening, whether restaurants are setting up their own relief funds for their employees who are currently out of work, whether it's, you know, regional organizations like Southern Smoke and The Giving Kitchen. And, um, you know, there's uh, one in Seattle specifically that we we know of. Um, And then there, you know, you have national organizations like the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation that is doing um, massive fundraising efforts across the country. And, them and others are also trying to figure out ways to more strategically lobby our federal government for protections for small businesses and employees. But I just wanted to put to Eli sort of as as someone in this industry, you know, it, are there any efforts that specifically you want to make sure we're highlighting or talking about and just sort of general thoughts in in what we might be able to learn from this period of time. I think a major takeaway is that we are now seeing an opportunity for folks in the industry to rally together and to form a cohesive voice so that we can emerge from this and be a stronger 
industry that is fully aligned on what our goals are. And it's not just uh, being personally siloed and opening up a restaurant and going there every day and just taking care of your own staff. But there's so much, there's bigger things to consider and to get implemented, which is, uh, you know, a UBI affects everyone in the hospitality industry. Healthcare for all affects everyone in the hospitality industry. And whether or not these are attainable goals because of the COVID-19 crisis, the, the, the crisis has illuminated many things that were not working properly with the hospitality industry. So I'm hoping that we can first make sure that everyone that is out of work and without healthcare can be protected and that they can have the income to make it through this. And then second, let's go and fix all these problems so that when we reemerge, we can uh, be a more safe and equitable workplace for the millions of people that lost their jobs. So locally, there's uh, the New York Hospitality Alliance that's doing great work. There's RWCF, which you mentioned. There is also Roar, which is doing a lot of advocacy and lobbying group at a top line level to try to get people in Washington to really pay attention to what is going on at like a granular level with small businesses and all the people that uh, employ a small amount of people that then adds up to millions and millions of folks across the United States that have lost their jobs over the last week. I think that also is like a good reminder. I I know we all read Amanda Cohen's op-ed in the New York times this morning, um, which was that like the industry itself needs a reworking so that restaurants can be a sustainable place to live. Um, And like, maybe if, if all the cards line up, we can kind of like remake it in an image that is, is, is hopefully like, allows for more protections um did you guys have any takeaways from that piece yeah i think that what eli is saying is exactly right that we have an opportunity now maybe it's not the opportunity that any of us really wanted to in some ways press a reset button and figure out how to rebuild this in a way that is sustainable for businesses and most importantly the people that work in the businesses I mean, cool. yeah, it's yeah. kind of shocking. Like this, the this whole thing shines a light on how fracture, like for such a large portion, like for such a large economic sector, <laughs> just how fractured the restaurant industry is. It's it's completely, it's really insane. I mean, there can't be another segment of the economy that's this big and that has like no unifying lobby or didn't until like four days ago yeah i think that's right i mean and and the people who were able the people in the restaurant industry that were able to lobby and get on those white house phone calls were your franchises and chains and frankly if those are the only ones that survive out of this we're gonna not only like lose a lot of jobs and lose a lot of business um in our economy, but we're also going to lose a lot of culture that makes up our country. And that would be devastating, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. So like, I'm pretty like far out in the country right now, and was chatting with some neighbors with a healthy six foot distance. 
And, um, you know, they're living in rural New Jersey and they were saying like, oh, it's so shocking now we see on the news that New Yorkers eat out so frequently um, and and how disruptive the shutdown is to them. And it, I, I keep like replaying that conversation in my head because I just sort of was like, uh, y- y- yeah, okay, we do. Um, but like, it is such an integral part of our culture. And like, also it's a community gathering space. Like, what you forget about in like the generation of like, okay, like maybe we don't go to church or temple. Maybe we like restaurants are the places where we sit down and gather with our community. And it's like your neighborhood bar, your neighborhood cafe where like, you know, everyone who works there. It's an object that even now I can't remember what it's called. Those are, that is our, (laughs) what was it? I don't know. Gathering place. And it's crazy to think about that changing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well, Eli, I'm super glad that you're doing what you're doing with with your show right now and making sure that um, you and HRN can be a place where we keep talking about this stuff and that, um, you know, I I don't see this story going away anytime soon, but making sure that we're covering it in a way that is raw and unfiltered and bringing you the voices of people all across the country who are going to be living this reality and fighting for is it hanging um, up restaurants to survive like every step of the way so thanks for doing that and we are here to help in any way that we can is it a light let me just give one more shout out to to gerties and to olmstead that have set up a uh through the lee (laughs) initiative uh they've (laughs) set up a basically a restaurant Distrib- uh, restaurant relief distribution point. So they've converted their restaurants into uh, <laughs> a space where hospitality workers can go to pick up a meal and a couple of uh, items every single day that they may need in order to, to make it through the quarantine. So Gertie's is in Williamsburg and Olmstead is in Prospect Heights. And if you go to their respective Instagram pages, you can find information on their addresses and what they'll be offering that day. But I know that it started on Thursday, the uh, Thursday, the 26th, and it is going to continue Monday through Friday until they can no longer uh, continue the project based on either donations or government regulations. So if you're a hospitality worker and you need uh, food, you can go to either one of those locations starting uh, Are we supposed to guess at 4 p.m. The right now? and they will provide you with a, with a meal. That's a really, really great resource for all of our friends in Brooklyn. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Okay, so now what we're doing, Eli, I don't think you've been on our show before, but typically what we would do right now is play a round of trivia, but because, you know, the world is a little upside down right now, um, we've decided to take advantage of the fact that we're all in different places and we cannot see what you're seeing, so we're instead playing a game of 20 questions. (laughs) And what that means is you're going to pick an object that you can see in the room that you are currently sitting in, Mm -hmm. you're going to keep that in your mind, and then the four of us are going to ask yes or no questions until hopefully we can figure out what the object is. So, <laughs> okay. Let us know when you have your object in mind. And in case you're wondering, our guest last week <laughs> chose a truly impossible object to guess what it was. And so the only way to go is up from here. Yes, um, exactly. 
Oh, it was right. an object that probably if we actually saw it in person, we would be like, hey, what's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could play we could play again and still lose. Yes. Oh man. I've chosen an object. Okay. Is it bigger than a wine case? A case of wine. <laughs> no. No, okay. Um, is it food or drink related? No. Okay. Is it a piece of art? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it? Yes. Is okay. it a painting? No. Okay. No. People is it are always a f- people are always choosing light fixtures. You'd be surprised. Is it, is it, a, pho- <laughs> is it a photograph? Nope. God damn. It. Is it like a sculpture? No. Who's what counting? What kind of sculpture would be hanging up? A <laughs> relief. Is Eli living like MoMA? I don't know. Oh, didn't you guys know? Uh, I, I'm quarantining at Gagosian Gallery right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wait, is uh, anyone counting the questions? We're at eight. Thank you, Kat. Yep. Good job. Thank you so much. It was awesome hearing all of the. Okay, so it's it's artwork painted on a wall, but it's not a painting or a photograph or a sculpture. Help share it. Correct. Did you draw? No, I'm sorry, Eli. Did you create this piece of work? No. Art. No. No. Well. Is it a a print? Yes. Did you take it from Samisa? No. Damn it. Yeah, but I mean, you did figure out what it is. I didn't do a great job of giving a... This wasn't that hard, I guess. Sorry. Is it the fuck (laughs) Trump sign? No, no, no. That lives at Samisa. Okay. You think I would... You think... I mean, I'm I'm pretty political, but I don't want to see a fuck Trump sign when I wake up in the morning every single day. Just like start your day with rage. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, okay. Do we do we need to guess what the print is of, or are we just did we win? I think this you was won. a failure of a definition of rules at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, tell us what the print's of. I originally was going to choose something that was super hard, but then I got turned off by the uh, last week's sort well, of mishap. Okay, by, you know? by hard, yeah, don't be like meant, Neil. Yeah, hear that, Neil? Neil Neil's object were two giant glass Chinese buoys. Like a, like a jerk. Like there, there's just no way that we, that was even in our like frame of reference, you know? You told me what it is and I don't know what it is. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah, you join, can, the, it's, join the club. It's yeah. our episode art for last week's episodes. If you want to go check out and see what they look like. He oh, described wait, it yeah. to us. <laughs> no, Eli, you need to send us a picture so we can use it as yeah. the image. That's okay. Right. Well, then everyone's gonna know. Um, yes, it is a it is a print that was at one point drawn by someone. It is the patent that was filed by the Wright brothers. Oh. For the first flying device. I like that. Yeah. That's, That's good art. Adorable. Printed, <laughs> printed by my mother <laughs> uh, for a birthday gift given to me by my wife. 
<laughs> of shawarma. <laughs> That's your new slogan. So what you're saying is that over 400 times over five years, we failed miserably, but then we uh, soared to the skies. <laughs> Samisa jam. Oh, man. Well, okay. Well, we, we, I guess we technically won 20 questions. Um, thanks for playing along with us and thanks for being our guests on happy hour this week and stay safe in Brooklyn and everyone else stay safe wherever you are. Whoop, whoop. And so everyone should subscribe to the line on your podcast app of choice right this second. Do it. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, We'll see you next week for another virtual HR and happy hour. HR and Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. As the news of coronavirus reverberates throughout the world, We at HRN are especially concerned about how coronavirus will impact our food system. We will use our platform to support the restaurant, agriculture, hospitality, and other food-related industries by maintaining our coverage and operations. As social distancing becomes the temporary norm, podcasts are more important than ever. There's never been a more crucial time to stay informed about the state of our food system and the way that food connects our global community. We're sharing all of our COVID-19 coverage at heritageradionetwork.org slash COVID-19. From interviews with nonprofit leaders and journalists, to firsthand accounts from chefs and restaurant owners, to reports on how the crisis is affecting regional farms. Our team is working remotely from all over to keep food radio alive. HRN needs your support more than ever, to keep sharing essential stories and resources with our listeners. Make a donation of any amount. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.